John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Welcome to the podcast. It's You Up with Nikki Glazer, the podcast version of the SiriusXM show every uh Every day on Sirius XM, Monday through Thursday, 10 to 12 Eastern, you know, on Comedy Central Radio, Channel 95. Welcome to the podcast, guys. It's um, Friday, and um, I'm with Andrew Collin in Springfield, Massachusetts. We are at the MGM Casino, and there is a comedy club here um, in a castle slash... It's called an armory. Is an armory, like, where they store guns or something? Yes. But that doesn't that castle doesn't look like a place to store guns. It looks like a place to like shoot guns from like a there's like a tower. I think at, at one time there were multiple floors. So there was a lot of places to put the guns because you went higher. So like a cat, you know what I mean? Right. There's just more room to put them. OK, so we're performing in an armory. And um, if you're in or around Springfield, Massachusetts, come see shows. I've got one tonight and uh, two more tomorrow. And gearing up to tape a special on Wednesday in Los Angeles that I don't even think tickets are still available for. So if you missed out on that, I'm sorry. But um, yeah, uh, one last weekend before I'm done doing this thing I've been working so hard on doing. And it's the final stretch and I'm very excited. You know what I'm even more excited about, you guys? I just took footage of Andrew. He thought I was preparing for the podcast, so he was kind of zoned out watching baseball we're in his hotel room and um he was just zoned out watching baseball and shoving popcorn into his mouth i mean he has a bag of skinny pop and it was like the last remaining crumbs in the bottom and i got so many good so much good footage of him like just jamming popcorn into his mush mouth i can't wait to post it i saved him and i mean you didn't see me video t- videotaping. You didn't see me filming you at all, did you? I did not. And um, I know what my side profile looks like. It's a little, I have a soft jaw with a little, you know what I mean? So like, I'm sure from the side, it looked like disgusting. I probably, I, I probably look like that, like, you know, that slimy thing from Ghostbusters. Like, that's probably what I look like from the side. Yeah. And it, I'm not happy about it, but you know, whatever. Don't talk about Rick Moranis that way. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to him? Um, he actually quit the business, I think. He just wanted to be a father and, like, raise kids. Google it. I, I swear. Yeah. Like, he, I think he was just like, I want to be a good dad, and he dropped out. Well, you know what? I mean, it's not like <laughs> he had so many roles after 60. I mean, what else? What, I mean, what? After 60? What do you mean? He was he was a young guy when he dropped out, probably. I don't know. I just don't see him doing any. I mean, he's a, he's a good dad and thing. He was good in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He wanted to be a good dad in real life too. He yeah. was a good dad on TV. I really do think that he gave up his career to be a dad. I just don't think he had any options. And then he's like, "Oh, I'll do it myself." You know when people do that when they're like, "Oh, I quit on my own accord." It's like no one wanted you, Rick. Yeah. No, I think people did want him. He was like a, a hot commodity. I think that like there people wrote about him a couple of years ago and were like, whatever happened to him? And I think I read something that he's like, just like a good person who didn't need Hollywood anymore. Honey, I shrunk your career. Oh, oh. shit. 
Yeah, not as clever as you thought it was, but no. we'll we'll give you we'll give you a little bit of credit there. Anyway, look on my Instagram story today if you want to see Andrew stuffing his pa- face with popcorn. But I think this needs to be a new meme, like that people capture people unknowingly eating popcorn. I I think I would be into watching that if people just captured their friends unknowingly being filmed eating popcorn because. It's an embarrassing thing to do. Is It's the only food you shovel in your mouth. Multiple. I mean, what else do you shovel that much girth in your hand? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no other f- sunflower seeds. Maybe you throw them in like that. But right. uh, other than that, I'm trying to think. I mean, milk, no. Um, no, there's not, there's not really any other thing that you just are trying to get it all in as quickly as possible and... <laughs> And you, do, and you miss a lot of the times and you don't care. It spills all over you. And I think it's because we all eat popcorn in movie theaters and we treat movie theater floors like it's outside. We just are like, oh, someone's going to clean this up. You, I'm just disgusting in a movie theater. You just throw your trash on the ground because someone's going to get it. And so let's start that. If you want to um, capture your friends eating popcorn when they don't know it, um, I don't know, tag me in it and I'll repost it. I just really want to see your friends eating popcorn and just shoveling it in their faces. It's so funny. There's no, I would, it's like, I would rather someone catch me jerking off or like picking a front wedgie in public, picking my nose than eating popcorn. I am so vile. That's why I was, when I was getting that footage just now, I mean, I was salivating at how like it was, you're so vulnerable. You're zoned out watching sports Oh, it's so good. I love, I have to say, I love seeing men when they're like zoned out. I love when you're defenseless. That's why I love going to strip clubs because men's faces are just so slack jawed and they have no control over their bodies or their minds and they're just weakened. And I love seeing a man just like weakened at, because there's like a, a bare tit nearby. Like it's so funny to me how, how macho you guys can be and in control and then just defenseless when you're turned on. It's awesome. Yeah, we could get very zoned. Uh, like, it's almost meditative. It's like, or uh, what's, the, what's the word? Hypnotizing. Yes. A, tit, a tit will hypnotize you. So would sports. Like, sports center and tits are very close to what a man loves. Yeah. And we just get lost in it, and we don't have to think. It's like, for girls, when you watch Kardashians, like, you could just get lost. You don't have to think at all anymore. You know, you're just... Yeah, I mean, I get distracted by men's hot men like that. But I think with men, it just happens. I love watching guys check out women. It's just like, uh, I think I'm into it or something. Like, I love being at Starbucks and watching a hot girl walk in and then watching all the guys, like, check out her ass and not even knowing that they are checking out their ass, but I can see it. It just brings me Sometimes I'll, so much joy. I'll check out a girl, and then I'll, I'll see another guy checking her. I'm like, no, that's the girl I'm checking. Like, I get mad at him no, you, for checking out. Really? Yeah, for checking out the girl that I'm checking. I'm like, motherfucker, that's my ass. Like, they're, no that gets in my head, I swear. Have you ever been caught? Yeah, oh, dude, I was at Whole Foods and this comic, Reggie Conquest, I thought I was alone. And there was a girl, and it was still like 30 degrees out, so when you see skin in 30 degrees, it's like a whole, it, it elevates it. And this girl was wearing little booty shorts, and she had the nicest ass I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life. And it was 30 degrees, so there was no reason for her to be. So I gave her the hardest, like, checkout I've ever done in my life. And like real on purpose, do you ever think that she'll see you checking you out and then want to have sex with you? Like, is there any purpose, purposefulness? I never feel like that will work. 
right. a checkout to, oh, my God, like there's a connection. But I'm just check. She's walking by and I'm and she was with a guy. And I'm like, I mean, I'm like salivating. It looks mm-hmm. like how I eat popcorn. And so I look up after I'm like looking like such like a creep. I'm so fucking creepy. And Reggie Conquest watched the whole thing. Oh, and I had God. no idea that he was there. And he goes, dude, that was what the fuck? Like he was like, dude, like you, like you should be arrested for whatever you just did yeah. there. And it like made me like I've I've been a little better since then. Like so, I was so obvious. Like I, you, you don't realize how obvious you're being. Yeah, I I have to say, like I never notice when men check me out. I never ever do, and they must because I'm a decent looking lady. I mean, there there must be some checking out going on, but I will never catch it unless a guy is like. I, 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 you know, I've caught people looking at my boob, like their eye line will shift if I'm wearing something revealing, but like it rarely happens. And I don't know if, um, maybe it's just not happening to me enough. Now that's, now that I'm saying this, I'm like, maybe guys just aren't checking you out, Nikki. Well, I don't know. Like we're told as guys that if you check out, like there's a certain window that a girl knows, like a girl's radar. Like if you're staring at her in a bar, you don't want to stare too long because they could feel it. Like, that's what we think, or at least that's what I feel like. I think that we've been told that girls know exactly when you're looking, even though when they're not looking at you. Mm-hmm. So, and then you don't want to seem too, um, you know, too easy. I got caught looking at a girl's boobs in um, old tenth grade, ninth grade. Shout out to Casey Mutchler. She had great, great boobs and we're friends on Instagram. But um, she had giant, giant boobs. And I remember we were waiting for the bell to ring just by the door, you know, when your teacher like gets done teaching and you just like kind of corral by the door waiting for class to be over. And I was like just looking at her boobs like I can't even believe those are like you can have that big of boobs at as a girl my age. And I remember um, a guy caught me and was like, hey, Nikki, um, you want to stare a little longer? And I was so embarrassed. I was so humiliated. Like it's and who cares? Of course, I was looking at her boobs, but I felt like, oh, my God, he thinks I'm gay. Like it was just the most humiliating thing to happen to me all year, probably. And that's so ridiculous. But what is your take on like if a girl's showing her cleavage, right? How long can a guy stare? Like there is a thing. Conan had that one interaction with uh, with the girl. She wasn't a Spice Girl. She was in one of those bands. Mm. She's like uh, eyes up here, Conan. Oh, Nicole Scherzinger. Scherzinger. I haven't learned her last name because she's just too hot, and I'm just like I don't need to. Yeah, so Nic- she's one of the hottest women so, ever. So sexy. And she goes, "Yeah, my eyes are up here, Conan." And he's like, "Well, what do you want me to like? Like, so what is that? Like, what is?" Can a guy stare at tits if the cleavage is like at what point how long is too long of a stare is you know what I mean? Just do what you want and we'll call you out when it's creepy. I think that's like kind of I mean, don't be over the top about it. But um, I I don't if 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 I'm wearing something that's revealing my boobs and a guy isn't looking, I'm like, uh, that would be weird. So I wouldn't be mad if I caught someone staring. But if it's like you're. If it's someone you don't want to be, like, I, I just never, I have great, huge tits. Like, I have pretty big tits for a girl with my frame, and I don't flaunt them at all, ever. I mean, rarely do I, because I don't like, I don't want that attention from men. I feel like it um, undermines, like, something. But then, but then you've also noticed that guys haven't been right. checking you out. 
I mean, I want to be desired by men almost more than I want anything in this world. Like it's the most validating thing and it means that you have power and it means it means everything as a woman. If men want to fuck you, I'd really I hate that it does, but it means a lot to me. But I don't. um, But when I when I catch it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't invite it. I never I like uh, girls that walk around with cleavage just out. I'm like, what? Like, what's your life like? I'm I am in awe of it. I really I don't judge it at all. I'm like, I think it's cool, but I just can't. I don't know why I can't do it, because I also think that if I try and people don't, then I'll be embarrassed if they don't or something like that. It's like, why don't even try? Because then and you also you get the attention from stage. Like you get on stage, people are staring at you for an hour and a half. A, a girl, a regular girl going throughout her day isn't getting that kind of attention, that kind of feeling. So she needs it to find it other places. Like yeah, at perhaps. A, at a Target or whatever. Uh, where? Target aisle four. <laughs> mm. I um, ew. Mm. Aisle four. Mm. Ew. Mm. Ew, Andrew, don't do that voice. <laughs> I will say that when I'm on stage, I don't give an F of what I look like. I care about more what I look like at a Starbucks than I do when I'm on stage. And I know that sounds crazy because I get dressed up for the stage, but I literally only get dressed up to go on stage because either there's a guy there that I like that's going to be at the club, like another comic Mm -hmm. that I'm like, oh, I want him to want to sleep with me. So I want to look good when I'm like off stage if we happen to run into each other or, um, or I think maybe in the crowd there might be a guy that m- might slide into my DMs later, so I'll have to attract him. But generally, when I'm up there, I don't. I, I, and I think it's a level of respect for your crowd. When I don't have makeup on, I feel like it's disrespectful. Like if I go to, like we just did, I just did a TV interview, and I had to tell the girl immediately when I walked in, I'm not wearing makeup because I felt like it's so disrespectful to her. She was all dressed up. And it's like, it's a level of respect that I want to show. And it's weird that makeup is showing, putting a mask on is showing respect when men can just walk anywhere without makeup on and still be respectful. But it's like, without makeup, I feel like I'm almost wearing a robe or like a t-shirt with a stain on it. And that shouldn't, I shouldn't feel that way. But that is how I feel. It's like, if I don't have makeup, I have to apologize. Not because I'm ugly, but because Clearly, I haven't dressed up for you, and I don't respect you. And there's a little bit of truth to that. Mm-hmm. If I respect a situation, I wear makeup. <laughs> Sorry, local TV yeah. in Springfield, Massachusetts, who isn't hearing that. Well, there's like a—I mean, we're taught early that professionalism, like a guy, you got to wear a sports coat or a button-down. You got to tuck in your shirt. Like those are things for a guy. You have yeah. to comb your hair. You have to shave. Yeah, you have to shave your face. Right. Like I just remember, you know. In high school, we couldn't have, I went to a private, whatever, a Christian school, and they're like, you can't have facial hair. So, like, that's kind of the same thing as makeup, I feel like, for a guy. You know, wear dress shoes, wear a belt, got to match, wear a top, you know, all those things. But, like. But you, you know, guys never adhere to that because you watch Adam Sandler go on to things and you're like, he kills it wearing just schlubby clothes. And then I see girls that go on things without makeup and it empowers me yeah but it is a level of respect i feel like open-toed shoes guys wearing sandals on stage is inappropriate shorts on stage is inappropriate there's a level of respect you should have for your crowd and that's why i wear makeup and nice clothes when i perform um if people are paying to see me i want them to know that i like i cared about the show and i want to give a presentation Mm -hmm. even though it truly doesn't matter because it's 
my words that people are paying for. Isn't that right? Guys, let's get to the first clip of the show. It's from Monday's episode. Um, my best friend from fourth grade through college um, was in studio. She was visiting New York with her sister. She's a personal trainer in Kansas City, Missouri. And um, she was just visiting New York. And I was like, hey, come by the studio because you're the reason I'm funny. She's my funniest friend. She's the funniest person I've ever met in my life, I think. And, um, and Andrew's nodding along. You met her. Yeah, she's great. You're going to love her. Her name's Kirsten. Yeah, she's awesome. I could see how Nikki got her personality. She stole it from this girl. I legit stole it from Kirsten. I there are so many things I do comedically when I deliver material, different mannerisms, different inflections that I ripped off from Kirsten Florman, Nay Florman Robertson. She's married, and um, but yeah, I, I I really do. It's great that she doesn't work in comedy because I could literally just steal her persona, and that use is her what as I've a done. Trainer. Use her, you, if you live in St. Louis, use her as a trainer. Kansas City. Oh, Kansas City. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Kirsten was in studio, and we actually got into a really serious conversation. So this podcast is going to take a little bit of a turn. Um, I wanted to select this clip in particular because um, Kirsten and I were best friends from fourth grade until about senior year of high school. And we got into talking about that on the show. And I was kind of just saying, like, what? Why did we fall apart? Like, I don't I didn't really remember. And then I realized it's because it's the most painful thing that's ever happened to either of us is the reason why we fell apart. And um, and we talk about uh, a friend of ours committed suicide in high school. And it kind of um, made everything more difficult. Clearly, uh, that's a crazy thing to happen. But um, this guy in my high school he was a friend of mine an acquaintance but he was a really good friend of kirsten's and he had a crush on her and she um didn't feel the same way about him and after she told him that the next night he killed himself and uh and kind of blamed her for it and that um changed everything for us so here is that discussion it's 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 heavy but it's it won't last too long guys and we'll be back uh with tuesday's clip after this this is from monday's show andrew collin was in studio kirsten robertson and ian fidance did we get well, you out of class or I was did i meet in seventh you? period and they were like kirsten come to this office i was like and everyone in goes, trouble. oh you're reporting to the Anytime i go anyone- in there my parents are there with police and I'm like, oh my God, my sister, like what's going on? It's actually pretty emotional to bring up again. Yeah, I'm sorry. But then immediately they're like, do you know what this, like they told me and then they're like, this picture, this gun, did you see it? And they like wouldn't let me leave until I answered. They're like, we have to rule out this wasn't a homicide. I'm like, this was not a homicide. Okay, I'll tell everything. But that morning I'd woken up and in my front door was a mixed CD. You guessed it. And the the boutonniere, the corsage, whatever it's called, that from the dance wrapped mm-hmm. around it. My dad's like, Kirsten, there's a there's a like a letter in the door, like screaming. And I was like, Oh, it's from Nikki. Like I didn't want to. I was like, Dad, it's a love letter. Like I did not want to <laughs> yeah, know. So humiliating. Yeah, right, it was like humiliating. Right. I was like, That's probably from Nikki. He knew. I mean, it's like a corsage wrapped up. Mm. Yeah, he he scotch taped it to the so, CD. I just like tossed it aside and I went to school. I was like, Okay, okay. yeah. Then oh, I'll get on. to this later afterwards yeah like we went to my house and then it was well like- i go to the office and you are there with everyone and my mom is up there now too and we're and you're like it you know i had never seen my friend so upset and mm-hmm. i'm and the, the cops i'm glad that you remember that picture thing too because i thought i invented that because i remember them showing me a picture with his hand in it 
Like his hand was holding on to it still. And they were like, is this the gun? Because I had to be like, because they go, did you see a gun? And I'm like, I don't remember because I was drunk. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, I do remember. Oh, uh, my God. 18 years later, I did not remember there was a hand there. Oh, my God. Yeah, there was. Probably. I mean, maybe I invented that, but I just I remember I them seeing out. the crimes. I mean, there was, there was, it was a crime scene picture. And then um, we go to your house. Well, I don't know why we went to your house. Everyone, like, I got there, and all of a sudden at our house, like, our, like, little house, there was, like, six police cars. There's, like, all these people. It's, like, this huge scene, and everyone started just arriving. And, yes. Like, then like, and they, then they we, go in my room. They take all my like love letters from him. Right. This was oh, the I most don't traumatic. remember that. They got all like my box of things and like the letters. Did you get and, that shit back? Well, we confronted the cop at the bonfire like a couple weeks later. Remember, the officer was like, "We're withholding this evidence," and I went up and I was like, "Nikki, I'm." Gonna, I was like, "Yeah, I need to get this shit back." Like, oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, they would not give it back to me, so I needed to listen to the the CD and everything. Well, we did listen to the CD. It Do was you remember one song. that? That was so, this was like out of a movie, how, tra- I mean, this all is like out of a movie, but this, I will never forget. We had just found out and we go to Kirsten's house to to go get that letter and the thing, because that's all we have now mm-hmm. is like, he left this thing that I left at home, you know? So I was like, what? I need to listen to the CD. Maybe the answer is it. there. And so we go home and we pop in the CD and it's and Kirsten And it's your body me. is a wonderland? <laughs> I <God>. wish. <laughs> I wish it was like Black Eyed Peas or something. Let's get retarded in here. <laughs> oh my God. The thong song. Um, he introduced it to us because that got hot right after that. <laughs> oh my God. I wish. I got a cups. 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 Oh my God. So we play it and I remember. Do you know what song? Yeah. Ben Harper, beloved ben Harper, one. Beloved one. Yeah. Um, whatever. I, I mean, I used to play it all the time to just really like kind of feel it f- to try to like oh. elicit emotions because what it, were the lyrics. Um, you and I have been here before knocking upon love's door, begging for someone to let us in, knowing that we can agree to keep each other's company, never to go down this road again. Uh, it's like this so tragic song. It's and a really we are beautiful song. Sobbing. You, me, you were in there with myself. me. Yeah. We. Well, she was. So, you were on crying onto your white carpet. I remember. It was. I was oh seeing your white carpet, and I remember looking at my up at my mom, and my mom is just like, I don't know how to fucking deal with it. Like I looked at my mom, being like. She's she's just as confused as I am. By my all poor of this. mom. Oh my oh, god. Your mom too. I mean, like, still. And then after that, things took a turn. In terms, of, I mean, like, how can they not? Everything yeah. was different. Everything it was like I know what you did that. last summer, but was suicide. Yes, it was like the first suicide. Like, I mean, I it was mean to say that. Did but he not, leave a note or anything, or was, was a, the song? There his was note? a long. There was a letter with it. Was it more of a manifesto? Mm-hmm. To Kirsten, mm. it was a letter to Kirsten. Oh, that's God. what he left. Well, also the week leading up to this, the months leading up to Kirsten, this, he I'm would leave so a flower sorry. on my car like once a week with like a lyric, a cryptic lyric, and I didn't know who it was. Uh-huh. And it one of okay, this you could possibly giggle at, but one of the <laughs> one of the lyrics was, "And yes, I will be present at the, f- and no, I will not be present at the first day of school or graduation." 
Sorry, Miss Jackson. Outcast. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was just like, because we love the Outcast, the Speaker Box. Right, that album right. was like so dope. Yeah. Not, that wasn't Speaker Box, but that was the. Oh. That he was, was ahead of his time. He addressed a letter. Hey, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't Speaker Box. Okay. But, anyways, like that was leading up to so that letter. I didn't know that. Was oh. like the lyrics all put together into a letter. It was just so just. That's out of a movie. Like, this takes a kid's brain and it's just like. Oh, yeah. I I'm mean, like, well, it, it, I can't believe, I will say, like, I cannot believe you survived it and, like, got out of it as, as well as you did. What was that like for you? Because, first of all, let's just be honest, like, this guy tried to make it to pinpoint Kirsten as, like, the reason. Right. Like, everything. Like, like the Hoobastank like, song. Like, you, if you would have loved me, <laughs> this reason. wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Right. Can you imagine that amount of pressure? And, of course, everyone listening and, and you, That's of course, jerk know that that is, not, that is not what the case was. He no, was going to It was going to be something else or someone else. Yes. He was just blaming it. But was, yeah. when you're in high school and you, and you don't know that and if someone's left it, like, how she took that on was yeah. so incredible to me and how you weren't, it didn't break you. I mean, it definitely... It broke me for sure. But, well, but I came back. Yeah, I mean, she started, like, you know, drinking a lot and we were, like, just Hell smoking yeah. pot smoking all the time. Me, and, drinking. It was like a... A party that wasn't fun. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. then, mm. but you came out of it so so strong and so good. I, I was. I will say that David's death has impacted me for like I'm 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 here today because of David's. I don't think I would have my life would have been differently had that oh, day yeah, all not of happened. Ours. I mean, yeah. wasn't it? To I think me, it like, that was like the craziest day. I think it like catapulted us to like kind of like just be go through that and then like come out like the best we could you know what I mean like and it was the really the best result like look at here well, and- we didn't do well after that her and I fell apart because I yeah. was mad at David because I was like fuck this guy mm-hmm. who just ruined my friend to mm-hmm. me it was like he just took the person that was like the most sunshiny most fun like person ever and like stole her soul and took it with him and mm-hmm. I was like so mad at him mm. because you were devastated. But the whole vibe of this was like, poor David, poor David. And I wasn't there yet, and I was mm-hmm. fucking mad. Mm-hmm. And and I and I voiced that, and it was not well received at that time. And I think that caused yeah. a divide between us because you were on poor David camp because that's how you were coping with mm-hmm. it. And True. I was on fuck David camp. Mm. And now, yeah. of course, I'm on poor fuck David camp. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, fuck poor David. You should have fucked poor, poor David. Now I'm just mad. Yeah, now I'm just like, that was just rude. That it was, was like, it was rude. That was Monday's show. Um, I hope you got through that clip like we did. It was good to relive that, um, even though it's painful. It's It was odd to me that she and I had never really talked about it before. But um, I wanted to highlight that clip because... Uh, if we don't talk about suicide, um, it keeps happening. And I think the only way to make it stop happening is to normalize it in in a way that's like, hey, it's happening, so let's talk about it. Because it's like, people just go, you can't make jokes about suicide, you can't make jokes about this, and it's like, well, it's just a way to talk about it. Because when you say that you can't make jokes about something, you're silencing any discussion about it. And when things aren't discussed... 
people struggle with them silently and think that they're the only ones struggling with them and then it happens a bunch so that's my perspective on um on talking about heart issues it's good to do it's hard to do but it's good to do uh tuesday's show was super fun we had mike kaplan in studio myq kaplan and mike baldwin m-i-k-e baldwin uh both hilarious touring stand-up comedians and we did a new segment that i want to do on the show where we uh we present new ideas for jokes that we're working on and kind of workshop them. And um, so here's us workshopping some new material. So we want to do a little thing on here. I want let's go through new jokes. Let's like p- put out new jokes and see if we can help joke doctor. I want okay. some jokes. I want to help. With. Or Wait. or we'll put them down, which is what most doctors oh, yes, do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's true. Okay, so I have a joke that I wrote about. Um, so, uh, I was I was talking about like doing Dancing with the Stars, and I one of the reasons I did it was because like I don't I was scared I was going to regret it, and I want to live my life. I really do like to live my life with no regrets. And in college, I almost got a tattoo that said no regrets, and I didn't get it, and I've regretted it ever since. And I have nothing to stop me from regretting it. <laughs> and it's just not working on stage because it's a little bit too, but like the fact that if I had it, I would be like, good, I'm glad, you know what I mean? But if I don't have it reminding me that I'm, and there's there there's something missing to it that's not working, but it's funny. I know it's funny. Here's, uh, it's definite, there's definitely like a funny core to it. Uh, if, if it were me, a yes, way I might do it, it you. I might be like, I got a tattoo that says no regrets. I didn't, but I do regret not getting it. Like, uh, and I regret lying to you. Like, it's, Oh, there, yeah. and then it goes down this whole thing. I like the idea of saying I have nothing to remind me to not regret. Like, oh, yeah. it, like as if it, looking at your wrist and seeing no regrets, you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, you- I can't just remember it on my own, which it, it makes fun of the idea of a tattoo in and of itself, which is like, you don't need this just... The right on your hand every just don't regret but just yeah sincerely though I think it truth it really speaks to a, an actual valuable truth about this which is that like you you're like maybe I shouldn't get a tattoo because I'll regret it and I don't want to regret things so you're like if you don't get the tattoo you might regret not getting the tattoo if you do get the tattoo you might regret getting the tattoo you sincerely like regret might be is possible no matter what you do you'll only get to do one thing but if I regret the tattoo I won't regret it because it will tell me not to every single day that I look at it it's like but... Schrodinger's regret yeah oh I don't know that I often see that on um things and I've never looked into what Schrodinger is. Do you want, like, you've heard of Schrodinger's cat? Yeah. It's the cat that's dead and alive at the same time. What do you mean? Uh, it says you put a cat in a box and before you open the box. What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> it's a cat. Schrodinger's cat. And the cat's either alive or dead. You don't know. And from the outside, then you can mathematically at least say that the cat is both alive and dead at the same time. Oh, it's about whoa. quantum physics and how like the the laws of quantum physics work on like a sort of a subatomic level in real life. Uh, in our in real larger life, it's not that a cat is alive and dead at the same time, but the equivalent of it, if it were small enough, uh, I've reached the limit of my understanding. Right. <laughs> I only have so. Schrodinger's intelligence, so I either I have love, it and or I don't. I yeah. love the idea of just saying that at the end when, when instead of trailing off and and you know what I mean. But you just You're go, like, I've reached the limit done. of my understanding. I'm so done knowing perfect. things about I, I'm this. really proud of myself for talking as long as I did. I mean, it I, seemed like I knew what I was saying a hundred percent. I could have convinced you, you that you I were do. the one who was dumb and it's not me. If I got a cat in a box and I don't know if it's alive or dead, I bring in uh, if I have Schrodinger's cat. 
I bring in Pavlov's dogs. If they start salivating, <laughs> there's a live cat in that box. Because they, they'll smell an alive cat. the dogs eat the dead cat? <laughs> now they don't want it. They, they wouldn't be interested. They, they want to kill salivate, it. Yeah. And okay. that's what you need a dog, a, a what Pavlov's we need is, dog to ooh, do. We need Schrodinger's veterinarian to put down this living cat. That, there we go. It all is <laughs> and connected. And make sure. Do you know Do you know the old, this old joke? It's not my joke about uh, the person person calls 911 and is like, my this person, I think they might be dead. And I'm like, well, first, make sure that they are dead, and then there's a gunshot. Uh, <laughs> okay, now what? That's funny. <laughs> I like that. Okay, next joke. Anyone oh, else? Mike. Do you yeah. have any? Do you have any suggestions for my tattoo joke? Um, I the only thing I don't I, think I reached any kind of conclusion. No, here, you and didn't. I think it's still. And the only thing it made me think is like you should have some regrets. There are. I mean, I think every human should have things in their life that Wait. they're like, nah, I regret that. Well, yeah, but I... So I, getting a I, tattoo that says no regrets is like, are, really? None? Ooh, yeah, get a tattoo that says regrets. Regrets. That get one. A, or get a reg- tattoo that says what very... What if I get a tattoo that very says no regrets, few regrets and I get it removed? Ooh, that, or just cross out, cross out the no. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's good. Regre- I like yeah. regrets. Regrets. Or, or just some regrets. I've had a few. Isn't that a saying? Yeah. <laughs> a lyric? I've had a few. Um... Yeah, I think no regrets is a great way to go through life because what it does is, you know, like how we're all supposed to be present all the time. Like regrets are only past. So if you have no regrets, then you're never looking in the past, which is like one of the healthiest things to do. I'm sorry. What were you just saying? I was thinking about this thing that happened earlier. Yeah. I mean, you were probably or a thing that's happening later. Right. That's what we were always thinking about. Yeah. If I may offer, uh, you should get the tattoo. No regrets, but spell it wrong. Ooh, no regrets. No yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I feel like that's been done a time or yeah. two. Yeah. And um, that would be an even bigger regret. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah oh, I did a, a hacky <laughs> tattoo joke. Everyone should get that. Yeah. yeah. I, I. Okay. All right. Well, I think my conclusion is it's leave it. Open with it in your special. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's exactly what I've arrived Call at. Call your special No, no Regrets. regrets. That was Tuesday's show. Wednesday's show was, uh, man, the star power was insane. We had Bill Hader, Paris Hilton, Andrew Collin. How was that day for you, Andrew? Irene Morales. And Irene Morales. Oh, my God. Follow Irene Morales. She's so funny, and she's going to be back on the show a ton. She's one of the coolest ladies ever. She, yeah. Did you have fun on Wednesday? It was awesome. I mean, Bill Hader is, like, the equivalent of, like, we, men get excited for Bill Hader like women get excited for Paris and it was like both of them back to back very different personalities uh, like one is reality God and the other one is like now a scripted God I don't know there was a lot of like yes like and you know Bill Hader talking like this very subdued and then Paris comes in looking like a female like uh, assassin yeah I thought she kind of looked like Andrew Dice Clay Yes, she was wearing a lot of leather, sunglasses. Yeah, and just came in. She told us that she wasn't going to be done up, <laughs> that there were going to be no cameras, and then she came in like looking like... Uh, yeah, we got an email before that was like, no pictures of Paris, she's not in the mood, she's not glammed up, which I totally understand, and that's a, a common um, press-released type of thing. And we were all like, oh, cool, we'll see like a, a toned-down Paris Hilton and then she was like, I just decided to do my makeup in the car. And so I and so then we could take pictures. She was so cool. I like was I know that everyone gives hot girls credit when they're funny at all. And they're like, oh, my God, they were so funny. And you're like, oh, they're just hot. OK, yes, she's super hot. But I, I can't tell you this enough. Like 
as a female comic, I was really impressed with her sense of humor. And I was a little bit like, um, easy bitch, I'm the funny one. Like she had some great lines, which you're not going to hear in this clip because this is just from Bill Hader's um, segment on the show, the, what you're about to hear. But Paris was funny. Do you agree? Yeah. I thought the uh, the movie line was funny about how guys don't know how to kiss well. Yeah. She said, because guys learn from movies and it's a comedy. You shouldn't yeah. start kissing at the wrist. <laughs> and uh, I don't, she just has a feeling like you do feel better about yourself after she leaves. Like she does make you feel more confident. She's like, one of these people that I think never has a moment like this. <laughs> I think she has a lot of those moments. No, I don't I, think she does. I don't know. I, 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 I think she's probably pretty messed up in a lot of ways. I, I disagree. I, I know people who know her personally and have spent time with her privately, yeah. and she is chill all the time and just like very relaxed. And I'm sure she gets upset yeah. and cries like we all do. But I'm just talking about like I realized this about um, Amy Schumer. I in knowing her, I realized one day like. So often in my life, throughout multiple times of my day, I will just... Anya, my old roommate, used to do an impression of me. Do you want me to do it right now? Yeah. Okay. I have to get up. Hold the phone. So this is me walking into my apartment. Um, this is the impression Anya Marina used to do of me, walking into my apartment after a day on the town in New York City um, every single day. So I would open the door. Hold on. I'm going to get up and, and open the door. Oh, I don't have my purse. Okay, let's pretend this is my purse. She's coming through the door. Hold on. Don't close it all the way. <gasps> oh, not happy. I would go, ah! huh? Huh? no, I wouldn't do that. I'd go, ah! and then throw down my bag. And honestly, that is just kind of my, um, that's kind of my vibe. And I, I one day I realized, like, that is... I didn't realize that I do that until Anya was doing the impression and it made me kind of see myself in a way that I was like, oh, I am so full of anxiety all the time. I don't like this version of myself. And then I remember thinking, I've never, I've been with Amy Schumer so many times. I've never seen her freak out about anything or like be like, what am I going to do? Oh no, oh, I have to do this thing and this thing. This bitch is busier than I will ever be. I've seen Amy Schumer have the busiest schedule of anyone I'll ever know. And I've never seen her go, oh, I have to do this or like, oh, I don't want to. And it's like, I would kill for that demeanor. And that's what I think Paris Hilton has. All right. Well, I think I have that. You do have that. You don't ever go, oh, I have to do this thing. I don't want to. Only bef like right before I go on stage this is the only time I get that <laughs> like that feeling of. Yeah, you start having a panic attack in the form of like a piece of dust in your throat and you start clearing your throat. But you don't go, I don't want to do no. this. Uh, no, because I don't know. I always envision it being way worse. I, there, were, there were times when I was dog walking where I was like, I can't believe I have to fucking go in the city and pick up dog shit in 20 degrees. Like days like that. Right. But all this stuff, like going to radio and all that, it's all gravy. It's all like for me. But, but it's also you've been doing it 15 years. Yeah. And, and it's not even about the I'm grateful for my career and my life and everything. It's just I I I, my ex-boyfriend used to say, I've never met someone who dreads doing fun things more than you. Wow. And I, I'm, and once I start doing them, I have fun, but I am filled with dread constantly. 
So if you go to see me do a show, just know that I am dreading it up until I grab the microphone. And then I've never once been on stage having a bad time. I swear to God, like as soon as I'm on stage, I'm having the best time. But I dread every moment because I don't I don't like to work. And I don't like I don't like the anticipation of work. I like working, but I don't like the I don't like preparing to work. I don't like doing homework. I just want to do it. And so I think that um, my anxiety is just let's just do it. Let's just go and do it. I don't want to like practice. I don't want to rehearse. I don't want to memorize lines. I don't want to work. I don't want to look at my jokes. I just want to tell my jokes. I don't want to, I don't want to drive somewhere and talk about, I don't want to produce things. I just want to do it. And I think that's the dread. I don't dread going to this next clip. Uh, it's Wednesday's show. I always have so much fun on this radio show. Oh, this is Wednesday's, Andrew. Um, I always have so much fun on the show. I never, I, I don't even dread going into radio every morning. I'm always in a chipper mood. That's, I, I truly love doing this show. What? No, it's Wednesday's show, Andrew. This is Bill Hader, Paris Hilton. Oh, I thought we already did that. No, we didn't. Oh, We're still in it. <laughs> he keeps whispering to me, it's Thursday's show. It's Thursday's show. No, Wednesday's show, Bill Hader. Uh, Bill shares a funny story that involves Amy Schumer, actually. So um, here is that. Schumer and me and Rachel Feinstein and another female comic were pitching a, a, a reality show where it's like us on the road together. And the, this production company came with all these names for what it could be. And one of them was legitimately comedy cramps. Uh, <laughs> like strings attached. Like just yeah. the yeah. worst. I remember, I remember you guys, you just saying all those names. I remember you guys being at the Comedy Cellar because when I was shooting Trainwreck. Oh, yeah. Judd was like, you have to go to the comedy cellar and watch me and Amy do stand up. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we go. And I remember I met David Tell. And Tell and I sitting there, I don't know if you remember this, where you guys, it was after a show and you guys were all sitting at a table. And it was everybody you just mentioned. And you guys had ordered like a dessert. And you guys were really excited. And you guys cheered that it was coming over. And Tell yelled out, what did you guys just order? No boyfriend Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> And I laughed. And you guys are like, fuck you. And I fell down laughing. And they're married and I'm still single. Uh, That was Wednesday's show with Bill Hader. God, he's so funny. And, um... And Paris Hilton was also on that show. If you want to go back and listen, it's on the SiriusXM app. All of the um, episodes are archived there. Anyway, this gets us into Thursday's clip. Kyle Ayers was in studio, um, and so was... James Adomian. Oh my God. Such a funny show this week. Uh, like all shows. We had such good comics in. James Adomian, Kyle Ayers, and I uh, just had so much fun on yesterday's show. And uh, enjoy this clip from that. I, I had some of my material lifted. Um, Jay Leno took, um, from me, Jay Leno took the, um, well, this joke. He took, um, you know about this? You hear about this? That, that was mine. I, I, that was my joke. What? Yeah. Get the yeah. hell oh, out. I. <laughs> I used to do, you hear about this, you know about this. Hey guys, <laughs> hey guys you hear about this, you know about this. Or little variations on it, and he took that from me. Was, wow. Been I had to let that, that go. He should have been getting royalties. <laughs> <laughs> of all that money he's never touched. Right. You should own a 1932 Model Jay Leno, T. I just, you don't know, listener. Jay Leno's never touched a cent from his Tonight Show. Yeah. It is all saved. He's never spent a cent of all the money he made on the tonight show. He yeah. never had to because Which as has soon to as be he hundreds would rap, of dollars. <laughs> it must be. 
like at this point. <laughs> With inflation, um, clear. No, he would leave the Tonight Show, and then he, he only spent the money he made doing stand up. Stand up. Did you ever <sighs> see Andy Kindler make his mean, jealous, bitchy joke about that? No, I would love he to goes, hear it. He goes, "Hey Jay, thanks for rubbing it in. I have to touch all of my money." <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even like not That's touch so my funny. Tonight Show money, and it was four hundred dollars one time. All right, that was Thursday's show. That's it for the podcast this week, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you had a good time. I know I did here in Andrew Collins' hotel room. Usually, I get a separate floor because I just don't want any sounds from my room. Like, I don't want him walking by the to go to the elevator and and hear me in my room, and I don't want to hear him in his. And I just. I want separate floors, but this time we didn't have that opportunity, so we're on the same floor, and I feel okay about it. How do you feel about it? I mean, we have, like, 15 rooms separating us. I mean, it's not like um, I'm going to be able to hear you. What's your day like going to be the rest of the day? A lot of napping. Then I'm going to go to the gym, and then uh, I'm debating on catching a beat. Catching a beat? Yeah. Hitting the old Kazak. Oh, yeah. jerking oh, off. Oh, you've never heard catching a beat? No, I uh. honestly was... So clueless just then. Catching a beat. Okay. I just watched you eat popcorn. Yeah. If it takes, you know, when you know you're going to do something really gluttonous, like when I got pizza the other day, I don't really eat pizza that much. And I heard about this pizza restaurant. I'm walking there. I had like a, <laughs> I'm going to get some pizza. And then I ate it and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you ever get- Food and sex is the same. You just are always underwhelmed. I don't understand pizza. There have been times when I've eaten things where it's like, like, what the fuck did I just put in my mouth? You know what I mean? But usually I just, uh, I like a routine of the food I eat. And I don't know why we don't go outside of that more. I mean, you know. I eat what I eat because it brings me so much joy. Like, I love the things I eat. And I when I'm eating it, I'm like, yes, I'm so excited. And yes, it can turn into mindlessness. But I um I eat for enjoyment. You do not because you'll just like look at a menu and be like, oh, I'll just take whatever you guys like want to bring last me. Night I had some, I had jumbo crab cake, and then I had a chicken dish that was incredible. I might do the same exact. I mean, a crab cake here in Boston or outside, good crab up here. It, yeah. 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 All right. Well, they feel pain, and you shouldn't be eating them, even though crabs used to be my legit favorite food. I can't believe. That as a vegan, I am going to live the rest of my life without crab legs. That used to be my identity as a child, that I loved crab legs. I My mom would make them. them. Uh, you should see me tear up some crab. I am the fastest crab cracker there is. Uh, I, and when you pull out the meat yeah. and it's a full chunk oh my, like from a the leg. Okay, I'm coming now. Guys, thank you for listening to the show this week. Um, capture your friends eating popcorn. Please tag me in it on your Instagram story or Instagram, whatever it is. I want to see you filming your friends eating popcorn when they don't know that they're being filmed. Capture it this weekend. That is my goal for you. And I hope you have a great goddamn weekend. I really do. And I hope to see you at shows in Springfield, Massachusetts. And I'm in San Diego next week at the American Comedy Company. Hope to see you guys there and um, meet you at the meet and greets. Uh, buy tickets that in, uh, that have the meet and greet um, attached to it. I believe that those are available in San Diego. And I will see you there. Until next Friday, squirt, squirt. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.